Kill shit. They're not going to do shit. What can they do? They're a bunch of fucking amateurs. And meanwhile, look at the bottom line. Who's sitting on a million fucking dollars? Am I wrong? Walter. Who's got a fucking million fucking dollars sitting in the trunk of our car? Our what car, got? Walter. My dirty undies. My fucking whites. Say, <laughs> dude, where is your car? Who's got your undies, Walter? Where's your car, dude? You don't know, Walter? <clears throat> it was parked in a handicapped zone. Perhaps they towed it. You fucking know it's been stolen. Well, certainly that's a possibility, dude. Oh, fuck it. Where you going, dude? We're home, Donnie. Phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak, black emptiness of space. Providing insight. I don't know. She said that. <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the commentary. He's found himself in a world turned upside down. <laughs> Flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, Gutterball. Mm, bow, bow. Chica. Ooh, Chica. yeah. Now, what movie do you associate that with? I associate that with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right, of course. All right, we're not anywhere close to that section yet so we'll have to come back to that but don't let me forget i really want to come back to that so come back to yeah. that this episode or come back to that yes. another part in the movie no this episode okay this episode. well can i i have okay i'll wait for you to come back to because i have my own comments on that uh, song as well uh well you know we can't forget it i won't forget all right, let's not forget then, because we, I don't want to get all cockamamie and go out of order. We just get all discombobulated. Yeah. This, maybe we should just talk about it. Well, I'll say this is an interesting minute, because this is a pretty self-contained little thing that happens here. It does, once again, end right as the minute clicks over to 41, yes. pretty much. Yes. Which is kind of crazy. And we have a little bit of the rest of the trio walking down the bowling alley, but then most of it is the entire exterior of the bowling alley. Right. That entire and, scene is is right here. And once they get outside, no matter how many times I watched it, I was like, well, the minute's pretty much over now. But really, it's not. We're only like a quarter of the way into the minute once they get outside. I'm not sure why, like, every time I watched it, I'm like, okay, it's almost over. I'd look down and be like, oh, 40-15. There's 45 more seconds of this. Wow. It's a lot to take do, in. Do you mean that you think that once they get outside, like, it it just just be over? They're going to get outside and be like, oh, where's the car? Cut. Or you'll just like, wow, I just watched them, like, walk through the bowling alley for a really long time. It must be over now. No, more the first one. More the first one. Like, we've changed scenes, the car is gone. Like, leading up to it, as I'm watching the minute, leading up to them going outside. 
they change environments, they go outside. I'm like, okay, it's almost over. No, 35, 40 more seconds of it. I, I don't know what the, there's something to what you said, but I'm not sure what it is. Like, they're playing with my expectations. They're holding on this moment or something when they get out there. There's been a lot of shenanigans going on in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, well, we need to do our own shenanigans here. So we have to oh. pimp the stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. All right. Some shenanigans. Well, what, what's our? Do we have stuff? Are we? We stuff people. We got some. Got some stuff. Well, if you go to gutterballs.tv, that's where you can find our website oh, and yeah, listen to all our episodes. <laughs> find links to our Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube. No, there's no link to YouTube. Don't pretend. Don't. Don't. Don't lie. Listen, this is what could, a wise man once told me. You could eventually get to YouTube by finding some of the videos posted on some of those other venues. Was Jack Doll. Jack Doll. Doll? Doll. Do you know what he told me, Brad? What did he, he tell He said, you? look him in the eye and tell him the truth. You're not telling him the truth. There's no YouTube link on that site. Well, you never know. You never know when someone's listening to it or when that link may appear or <laughs> re-disappear from the site. Re-disappear. I'm writing it down. It's a good one. Re-disappear. Because it's like you're doing the opposite of appearing by disappearing, but then you're doing the opposite of disappearing by re-disappearing. So I like it. I'm going to... I'm, I'm putting that one in there. I think you coined a new term. He was re-disappeared. I like or anti-re-disappeared. Now, what about Tumblr? You didn't even... That's your favorite thing, Tumblr. Ah, eh, Tumblr. I'm done with it. You're done with it? Well... You're over it? Not in the context of this show, because I think it's actually really cool for this show. And I'm not... I should take it back. I'm not done with it. I'm still using it as a... You know, it's no longer my whole universe. It's a it's nice kinda, social It's an network. afterthought, sort of, to you now, at this point, isn't it? It's halfway like, in oh, between. Yeah, here's some... Th- yeah, I'll put it over there. What do I do with this? But, put it in the filing cabinet. Yeah. Tumblr. You know, because I have a filing cabinet I've been, like, dragging around with me for, like, 14 years, Brad. This giant filing cabinet just filled with shit, and it's like, and it's been it, like, it got filled fourteen filled. years ago, right? You it never got filled. Added to it. No, I keep adding to it. One of these days, it's it's just gonna literally explode because I keep shoving yeah. more shit into it. Yeah, I've gotten and to it, those where like everything starts falling out like the back of the shelves and then down into like in between the shelves the on the bottom. Yeah. Anymore. Ugh. And I've had filing cameras that have got to that point like I would say like 6 years ago and I continue to cart them around in my life. This is what I'm saying across the country thousands of miles, you know? I just drag it around. But I only add like Eight pieces of paper to it per year, but that's enough to make it 
like start to bulge at the sides. Why do I have this? What could possibly be in there? Besides maybe a VHS copy of the space movie that is of any interest to anybody or that's important. I think Nothing. you just have to put it like at a, you know, a time. Like you can just write in like some kind of like white paint, like the date, like today's date. Don't add anything to it. And then like 10 years from now, if you still never use it, you just dump the whole thing. 10 years? 10 years. Get it 10 years. 10 more years. That's a lot of years. I mean, that's decades. Well, you want to be safe. I, I know, but should wouldn't isn't it a better idea to open it up and like look at the th- things, the items that are in there? No. And make them go away? Well, I'm trying to avoid them? having to do that by just saying if I haven't used it in 10 years. All right. Evaporate it. Disintegrate some, it. <laughs> what if there's something wonderful? Re-disappear it. Well, what if there's like a little know. porcelain know, German you're shepherd? You're never going to go through it, so... But there might be a little doggy, a little doggy in there that I could put out on the porch. Too bad. Yeah. So speaking of Tumblr, mm. if you were to visit the Tumblr, yeah, you'd notice uh, this really nice picture sent in. Oh, we got a nice little picture sent yeah. in to us, didn't we? We did from a listener in Glasgow. Did I say that? Glas? Like a Z? Glas? Glasgow. 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 I'm not a man of the world, all right? I'm just a simple, simple I would have said Glas, Glasgow. 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 But maybe it's Glas... No, you're They're right. not one Glasgow. of those languages that you got has it. I get the picture. Sound I get the picture. Glasgow. What language do they speak over there? They speak English, like Scottish English, don't they? I, you, you know, you're making a fool out of me right now, Adam. Do they have Z's? A Z? I just want to know. <laughs> well, they probably do have a Z. Who's making a fool out of who now? Yes. But uh, from, uh, they have a nice establishment there called Lebowski's. The best of establishments. Yes, and they do have a, uh, an extensive Caucasian menu. Extensive. A collection of wonderful Caucasians, as they put it. You know, they have a, a gutter balls on that menu. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, it's up the top there, middle row. Yep. I don't know if that'd be my Caucasian of choice, though, the gutter balls. I would just like it just simply for the name. Just for, I, I mean, yeah, I would. I'm not saying I'm not going to get it. I'm what does ridiculous. it say is in the gutter ball? There it is. Got to zoom I in tripped there. on a cloud and fell eight miles high. Right. Kenny I Rogers. tore my mind on a jagged sky. Scotland's answer to a white Russian. A white Scot, if you will. Buckfast, Kahlua, coffee, liqueur, and milk. Cement. This as the new national drink. First, I thought it was milk cement. I was like, <laughs> "What is that? Like the milk curdles with the?" No, it's Elmer's glue. Yeah, not with the, and the yep. Now, th- so this is a person who was sitting in a bar, a Lebowski-themed bar in Gla- Glasgow, Scotland. Listening to gutter balls out loud, not with headphones, listening to gutter balls and drinking 
a white Russian while also perusing the extensive white Russian menu. And he sent this picture in. It he just, said he had to keep the volume down because it was a nice family restaurant. Yes. It simply makes me very pleased to know that over across the ocean, we have across a listener. Across the pond, if you will. Yes, across the pond. We have a listener there able to uh, allow us a little bit of time to enter into his consciousness. Now, this, so I think that tips the scales against gender neutrality again, but that's all right. Yeah, as it slipped out, I guess. Yeah. But yes. I'm okay with, you know, but it's like you said a little while back. It's, we are nothing really. We are just the lens for Lebowski. We, we bring it into the national conversation, if you will. The international conversation. The international conversation. Thank you. Exactly. But, uh, yes. So thank you, listener. Costas. Thank you, Costas. 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 I, I, I wasn't, uh, yeah. Bob, Bob Costas, you know, can't find a lot of work anymore. So I think uh, he spends his days listening to our podcast. So thanks, Bob. I have, Brad, now a moment of seriousness. I don't know how we're going to possibly get through all of this crap that I have here for this episode. We're going to have to, all right, let's run it down. This is not going to be one of those meandering episodes, despite our kind of ignoble start we have here. (laughs) Let's plow through this stuff. All right. Let's do it. This is going to be an information-dense podcast. It's going to be a new experiment for us. Let's see how it goes. All right. Here we go. First of all, uh, the Reverend, the Doc, we haven't been going back to his insights that we've had. He, He shared these with us, and I think we're about 10 episodes behind on what he shared with us. So. This is not a great start for a condensed episode. <laughs> but this is my first note. The doc. I mean. All right. But lay, lay it su- on th- us. There's such gold here. you have any clue of the gold that we've missed? You know, I don't think so. I have no clue. <sighs> so lay it out there for me. Do you have no access to these uh, documents? Um, you know, that always comes up. And I feel like I do, but then... But then you have a problem with Google Docs and you can't find it. It's just gone or something. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You can tell them to me and I can react. This is me. This is genuine reaction here. All right. Well, let me figure out. You're the straight man and I'm just the guy like, oh, really? What's that? You know, we have a thing going here, except it's, it's legit. It's real. I never understood... Or maybe I'm the straight man in that case. Right, because who's the straight man? The guy who gets the pie in the face? Or the guy who puts the pie into the face? The guy that's not being silly, who's playing it straight. And I think the the pie may go in either person's face. Well, who's sillier? the, The guy who gets the pie or the guy who gives the pie? I really don't know. 
I, I think it's heavily context specific in that case. All right. All so right. what does the doc say? Well, okay. So this is a revisit. Oh, from episode 40. So we're not, I'm just, I got to skip over some. So we're just going to go back. All right. We can go back each episode to some. Sure. If we need sure. to, because I hate to leave anything hanging out there on. Un, no, we, undone. we can't. I would hate to do that to, to uh, the Reverend. So the Reverend makes a good point. Um, and he refers to Donnie, Walter, and the dude as the triumvirate. But he says the triumvirate has been together for a while. Why is it only now that Donnie is asking Walter about his Jewish traditions? He should know that about him. He, he, he has to explain all the stuff he doesn't do on the Jewish day of rest. I'm sure the guys have done some Saturday thing before. Which Except they right. haven't. They've never Because it's Shamus. <laughs> they've never been together on a Shamus or there's never been like, hey, why don't we go bowling? Well, he doesn't he doesn't bowl on Shamus. The conversation has come up. But you're right. The question is why does Walter never bowl on Saturday? Well, the question is, why does Donnie not have any, any inkling about this? They've been together, theoretically, for years, and long enough to be in one tournament and make it to the semis, which would take a whole season. So six months. There was never one time where they wanted to go bowling on a Saturday, and they called up Walter, and he was like, I can't bowl today. Like, that's never come well, up. Well, Walter doesn't answer the phone on Saturdays, either. <laughs> He mentions right. that specifically, doesn't he? Right. I don't why, pick up wh- the phone. Why didn't you answer the phone yesterday, Walter, the next day when they're well, bowling? Well, they may have well had that conversation, but again, Donnie isn't always on the same wavelength. You're reaching, man. I'm reaching, reaching, sure. I'm just trying to figure it out. D- Donnie knows. He Well, he obviously doesn't, as the evidence is contrary to this idea, but... But this is he should know. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of thing like when I've tried to write things, you get hung up on. I it, get hung up like, on this, and then I don't write anything. Yeah. This sucks because I'm now, just like so I can't stop. write this. Like, oh, this doesn't make sense because he would know. Like, oh, it's this great dialogue about Shomer Shabbos, and he says Shamus, and he's explained great, but oh, but he'd know about it. So yeah, I just just delete that. Delete and then the some fucking page. asshole comes up to you like me, and says, wouldn't he know that already? Well, no, I never let it get to that point, because I'm my own worst asshole. <laughs> I just delete it. I am my own worst asshole, too. It's like, <laughs> man, as soon as something like this, and it doesn't even have to be this drastic, because people this close know intimate details about each other. It could be something so stupid, and I allow it to kill the thing I'm working on. That's happened too many times. Well, it's very easy to happen. I I think that's a big reason why, you know, a lot of people have trouble creating or, you know, maybe don't don't reach their potential. Or, I don't know, maybe that's not the right phrase because maybe they don't have that potential. Well, maybe they, maybe, I don't know, maybe they did though, and it's like... But it's what keeps, I think, you know, just as much as you might have people that are like, you know, I don't know what to write, I'm stuck. You just have people that are like, on the other end, like overanalyzing, right? And I use writing as an example, but I think it could go for anything, you know, visual arts, 
dance. Um, These are all arts, music. though, so far. Like welders, do welders have this problem? Athletes have it. Athletes can start yeah. to overanalyze things. It's like you're a basketball player, you know? What you're good at is propelling the basketball into the hoop. You miss a couple, you get one knocked back into your face, all of a sudden you start doubting yourself. Same thing can happen in writing. Start doubting yourself for just this sort of reason where, well, this doesn't make any sense. They're a close group of friends. Donnie would know this. Bam, the entire thing is dead. But instead, as we've discussed, the Coens don't let this shit bother them. This plot is filled with holes. There are so many discrepancies. There's and I would, bullshit going on all over the place, but it doesn't matter. I would say this movie has more of that than most in the sense that, you know, as we've said before, even the Coens admit, like, they have no idea what's really going on in this movie. I think, but you could take any movie, probably. You know, I'm sure there's maybe a small handful of movies out there that are somehow small enough in scope or we're just, I don't know, that, that are, you know, they would be the exceptions to this. But by and large, 99.99% of films so have, nice. this, have these kind of problems if you really want to dig into it frame by frame and be like, you know, yeah, this, I don't really understand exactly why this person said that or, you know, it doesn't really fit. Wouldn't they know? It's like simulating the entire universe. We we don't have the computing power right. to do that. Well, yet. and if you did that, it wouldn't be as interesting. Right. It wouldn't there there wouldn't movie. be any of the little flaws that clue us in to the fact that we are in fact living in the right. matrix. You got to have those little uh, little blips and blurps. Like in reality, what might have happened here is Donnie runs up to Walter and is like, "Hey, they post the next round." We're playing on Shabbos. And he would have been, right. damn. Told Not that again. crowd a thousand times. Blah, blah, blah. Like, the, you know, there wouldn't have been any explanation of it. And it would be bizarre to the audience. Right? You what need is, this level of exposition inserted in. What's Shamus again? What, am I supposed to know that? And be one of those times where it just wash over you. And you, you would lose a little piece of the film. Because that is like, that's advancing Walter's character there too. It's a moment, it's a little little moment where they get to make him more three-dimensional. So here's another way that Donnie might not have known that. How long hey, Now you seem to lean Walter... back as you were saying that. Yeah. So like, were you examining, like did you have a little cheat sheet on the underside of your desk? or? No, I just kind of leaned back a bit. Mm, you're getting serious. Okay. Yeah. But I'm back up in the, the center here. All right. And I don't have my normal headphones. Hopefully there's not too much bleed through. But the uh, what if Walter has only been practicing these Jewish rituals and customs? Since the divorce. Like for the last, it may have only been a week. He told that crowd a fucking thousand times he doesn't roll on Shabbos. Yeah, touche. Just exaggeration. Touche. 
But, you know, I don't think it's exaggeration because he does get the match rescheduled. I don't think he'd be able to just call him up randomly one time. Oh, I don't know. I think he probably could. I mean, even if so, maybe he told him a thousand times like that week or the past like two weeks. Like he every time he comes in, he's like, hey, just want to let you know. Like, what if two weeks ago, Walter's like, okay, I want to get Cynthia back. I'm going to convert to Judaism. Does he reference that he converted, like, for the marriage? I mean, that's maybe partly what's implied. Yeah, I think when the dude gets in his van, there's some talk about that. Well. All right. Yeah. Well, yes. I liked where you were going there. I really did. Yeah. I liked that. But I I think that the implication is he converted when they got married. Like, that was part of the marriage deal right. there. Can't marry and my parents will be pissed. You gotta be Jewish. Well, he could have converted, and maybe not only now he's taking it seriously. He's like, I want to get Cynthia back. He got like the book of like you know what to do now that you're becoming Jewish, and it was like Jewishism for dummies. Yeah, and it's like one of the things you have this Shabbos, and he was like, God damn it, that's gonna fuck up my bowling. Right. So I gotta go tell those guys at the office. A thousand times to make sure this does not happen. You are an apologist, but I like well, it. Well, I'm just exploring all the angles. I, can't say I think I don't in reality, like it. it's just not something that they really thought about. Because <laughs> they're just writing this thing, and they're just like, yeah. Well, you know, as far as we know, reality is what we're seeing and hearing, so I, I, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Moving on. Sweet. Close that one down. Zoop. All right. Oh, boy. This is... All right. (sighs) Revisit. Item number two. And there's... Seven items in the revisit column, and then we, you know, maybe 45 to 50 more items. So, all right, okay. Item number two. (laughs) (laughs) Apoplectic. 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 Apoplectic, which sometimes I want to say as apopleptic, but I try not to. But I have to check to make sure. Wait, it's not apopleptic. Plep. Because plep seems nicer to say than plek. But it's, it's apoplectic. And I can only assume this refers to the dude freaking out apoplectically. Yes. I just thought that was such a great word that we we neglected to use. Yes. He's very apoplectic. And that's him. He's experiencing. Like he's actually, and this is, I'm going to have to give credit where credit's due to my beautiful wife, Christine, who both used the word apoplectic. When He's experiencing apoplexy. I just had to say apoplexy. Apoplexy. So she used that word as well as called attention to the fact that when he says they didn't get the fucking money, he's actually out of breath. The word money doesn't even like come out fully because there's no breath left. He is so right. apoplectic. <laughs> He's used all his breath energy on slamming his body about. Yes. So that's it for that one. All right. I just thought that was a good word. 
Yep, it's uh, the onus is on us to use better words from now on. I definitely think so. I put a little link here to, and I feel like maybe we've seen this before, but it's this, um, what I can only assume is a design sort of website. There's a link here, and it's uh, what they do is they they take frame grabs of scenes from movies, and then these uh, illustrators and graphic designers create, like, reverse engineer the color palette from it. And one of these was the Jesus with his tongue out about to lick the bowling ball, but then beneath it you can see all of the color palette that they created yes yeah and i've definitely seen this so i feel like i have too but i see this are in moviesincolor.com i see it at cdn.visualnews.com well they might have they probably just again cdn filtered it that this is the link that i have i don't remember where i found it i just slammed it because i couldn't i think you're right it's movies in color but i Saw the link to it, somehow it came up, and then I went to Movies in Color and was like going through the archives, like page after page after page after page, and couldn't find it, and the search feature wasn't working, so I had to like just search it somewhere else, and so... Yes. Yeah. But, um... It's a great freeze frame, though. The Jesus with his masterful tongue control and it is right. like pressing against the underside of his tongue pressing it against the bowling ball yeah and you have in the color palette all the different uh purples <laughs> and purple pinks and but then Robes. also like the the dark colors from his uh from his hair and hair and hand goatee and stuff so yeah it's a really it's actually a pretty cool color palette and uh a very nice color i mean palette. i've seen these color palettes for lebowski but i've never seen the one on the jesus like this yeah so that is quite that is pretty cool which you know they're not looking at every shot and saying what's the color palette but it does go it does speak to like the skill of the you know art director and the costume designer and people like working in collaboration because you know they have this this mauve i know some people say mauve but i was trained to say mauve is this a mauve bowling ball i can't answer that and then a purple jump so it's i mean they had to they had to work this out here you don't just show up on set and grab a bowling ball off the rack oh definitely not and i think the cohen's perhaps more so than others, are very aware of color. Yeah, there was that color temperature right. Argo example. Yeah, and not just the color palette or even... Yeah, maybe it is a question of temperature. I was going to say it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, definitely visually. I mean, the one thing I think of is how they did the like digital color correction on... Uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? What was that? Which at the time was kind of of like a big deal. You mean like a digital intermediary? Yes. So like they took the film and then they ran the whole thing through like a digital color whatever, like color timing or whatever, where they were able to like, you know, like take the 
you know, take like the greens down. So you could have these weird shots where it was like, you know, like things looked, the colors are all vibrant and everything, but then like the trees and the grass were like this really kind of, you know, they were like that golden color. It's it's the Schindler's List effect. I think we first saw that. Well, maybe not first saw it, but at least in uh, mainstream media, we first saw that in Schindler's List, where uh, Schindler was looking down at one of the bodies being carried away, and they had sort of had this motif going up throughout the movie. But it's the little girl in the red dress, which is you know we've seen it in still photography for ages and ages, where. Here's a rose, but the entire picture is black and white, and here's something, and just the petals of the yeah. rose are red, you know? Right. But the difference here being that it's sort of like the difference between shitty HDR photography and HDR photography that you don't notice. Right. Where you just have detail in the shadow areas and detail in the highlight areas. And you can see the things that your eye would normally see, as opposed to this unnatural-looking craziness. And the Schindler's List example is unnatural-looking, because the entire movie is black and white, and then once in a while, here's something rolling around the screen that's in color. But what this digital color correction allowed you to do is, like you said, choose an element, and usually based on chroma value, so if there's trees and grass, they're going to be more towards the green end, obviously. Choose those things and selectively boost them just to like, make them more impactful on screen, but not to make it a special effect, if that makes any sense. No, it went it from makes... a, a special effect to like, advancing the story or the scene or the setting without necessarily noticing it. You know what? Another one that did that really well was uh, The Aviator. When Leo DiCaprio's wandering around with uh, what's-her-name, they had the scene where he goes to have dinner with her family. Who is it? It's, uh, it's Hepburn. It's Catherine Hep is Catherine Hepburn? Howard Hughes and Catherine Hepburn? Is that true? Do you remember you're this? Out of you my, you're this? out of my, my range now. Anyway, it's Marty. Not a huge Marty fan, but I thought he did a good job visually in this movie. And it's like in the 60s. So he treated... He, he digitally treated the movie to make it look like it was shot in that really like ultra-vibrant, almost crazy vibrant uh, style of like mid 60s filmmaking it's really good but that was you know it didn't look like that when he captured it in the mid 60s when they shot it that's just what it looked like it says um, in Wikipedia oh brother where art thou was the first time a digital intermediate was used on the entirety of a first run Hollywood film Amazing. Which otherwise had very few visual effects. Huh. And then there's another section where it says, one of the notable features of the film is its use of digital color correction to give the film a sepia-tinted look. Sepia? Sepia? 
Cinematographer Roger Deakin stated, quote, Ethan and Joel favored a dry, dusty Delta look with golden sunsets. They wanted to look like an old hand-tinted picture with the intensity of colors dictated by the scene and natural skin tones that were all shades of the rainbow, end quote. All shades of the rainbow. Huh, never noticed that. I would say sepia, I guess, sepia. Yeah, I would say sepia. After shooting tests including film, bipack, and bleach bypass techniques, techniques, Deacon suggested digital mastering be used. Deacon subsequently spent 11 weeks fine-tuning the look, mainly targeting the greens, making them a burnt yellow, and desaturating the overall image timing the digital files. He's old school, too. Like, the man's been around, so... Nice work embracing the technology. This made it the first feature film to be entirely color-corrected by digital means, narrowly beating Nick Park's Chicken Run. Chicken Run? Chicken Run. Isn't that an animated film? Yeah, it's well, it's a claymation, as I recall. Well, who... Okay, I'll shut shot it. on they film. Still shot I'm, it on film. I'm All guessing right, fine, they shot fine, it on fine. film. Who cares that it's frame at a time? It doesn't matter. The shot on film, digital color. Okay, yeah, that's fine. You know, it's a good. It would be funny if that was the first film. Be right, like, and it oh, was Brother Rock. Like, that was the second one. No, it would be funnier if that was like a Pixar feature that was created. In a 3D animation suite, and then they digitally color corrected, and they got credit for the first digital color correction. Right. That would be funny. So what they should do is make a a computer animated movie and then color correct it via chemical means. Somebody has to have done that. I'm not sure what the point of that would be. You'd... Just to be an asshole, you know, and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it this way because blah, blah, blah. Film so much better. Right. Like the way you can buy that, like, and I'm about to say this, maybe come up disparaging, but disparagingly, but I actually want it. Like they have that like Polaroid photo lab where you can like, you know, take your picture, you take it with your iPhone, but then put it in this little optical thing and then it can like expose It'll, like, expose that picture onto a piece of Polaroid film. Now, when you say put it in the thing... It's a little thing you can buy. Electronically? No, it's all... It's it's an analog. It's just, like, it. the light from your iPhone screen, like, shines through this thing. Oh, my God. And is projected onto the piece of film. So, uh, moving right along. Okay, that was item two. Item- <laughs> well, come on, item three, all right? <laughs> okay, that was item three. Item four. This is really quick, though. 3058, there's a, the background extras we talked about so extensively. 3058, so we're going back now 10 episodes. No, no, no. What do you mean? 3058. Well, aren't, where are we now? 41. Right, so we're going back 10 episodes. I don't understand. Now, now when, you, when you're calculating this, can you explain? Because this is what I do with Jules. 
when she has math problems. It's like, I don't want you to get the right answer. I want to know how you got your answer. That's more important. So can you explain to me how you got that answer? Well, we're currently at minute the time code four zero colon zero zero to forty one colon zero zero, right? Right. So thirty fifty eight episodes ago. You've explained it sufficiently. I was looking at the time code beneath that and transposing the zero and the nine. I am the asshole. I, I it yes, that is crazy. And you've gone back here on your own, or is this this is is this one of the reverends things? No, the this assholery is all my own. All right. So 3058, what goes down there? It's not 3058, it's 3958. Aha. Uh-huh. I transposed to... Gotcha, so... I, it's, I thank you for explaining your reasoning. Gotcha. It made me understand the folly of my ways. That's why you do it. You're not always right. Sometimes the little eleven-year-old is right. So who thirty-nine fifty? Thirty-nine fifty-eight. Who has the it's extra the extras? Left? Oh, they shake okay. hands left-handedly. Yep. Yes, he does. Were they directed to, or is like, you know, the dude in the green shirt? Is he just left-handed, and then the uh, Bob Zamuda-looking fella in the pink shirt coming up? he like oh that's weird and but he had to roll with it or they or was it weird because the desk is right there like the counter was it some yeah. kind of thing where it was originally right-handed but then they digitally transposed it and inserted them in there that'd be pretty aggressive for 98 oh yeah they filmed the whole thing backwards like flipped left to right or in a mirror and they took all the signs and everything and reversed them. So that's why all the writing looks correct. I'd go with that if I was to, because there's no way these two dudes shake hands left-handed. Do left-handed people shake hands left-handedly? I don't think so. I don't know. Do you know any left-handed people? So let's make a note of that. I want to make a note of that. I want to, because I feel like I do know a left-handed person. I mean, maybe, right? If someone comes up, right? So the guy in the green shirt just extends his left hand. So if the left-handed person initiates the handshake, then you're just in for a left-handed handshake. That's what I think. I mean, if if a hand's extended, I don't know if I would think like, oh, that what's that's the wrong hand. I just might like take whatever hand matches that. But that could also be just me. That'd be awkward. Like, you wouldn't even know how to squeeze and where to wrap around with your fingers. I don't know. I don't think it would give me any problem. But that could also be why this guy does Ooh. like the handshake and arm on the shoulder thing because he's like, wrong hand. I still have to use my right hand right now. Please make contact with right. Arm. Exactly. But, you know, I have yeah, weird things with my left and right, so I don't think... Like you don't know them, you can't tell them apart sometimes? I So I'm definitely not ambidextrous in that regard, but I do have the issue that I use the words right and left interchangeably. My lady is exactly like that. And Exactly like that. She, like, 
I so I drive always. She navigates. Sometimes this goes okay. Sometimes it doesn't. Because she doesn't, like, sometimes she'll say left, but mean right. And it, it's just not first order right. retrievability for her. Right, left, at it, the words of it. It takes a lot of concentration for me to say right or left the proper way. Which is why when I am navigating, I tend to point with my finger. And I will say right. this way, go this way. Well, what she used to do was she would say, make a, and then use the name of the person that was sitting on the side of the car Okay, that you were supposed to turn towards. Yeah, that's another coping skill that could work there. That's a coping skill that could work, but where that gets tricky is what if there's, like, straight ahead on the highway, and then, like, B ramp, A ramp, and they kind of vaguely go off. Like, sure, I got to go to that person's side. But this this is what I use the pointing too. You use the pointing, and it's like I'm not all the way over, but I'm not all the way over here. I'm in the middle, and I'm kind of like, and then you sort of point it forward and backward this way, this way, and you can you can really I think hone in directionally. Right. Well, that's the a case. Yeah, you're talking about something that's n- neither straight ahead nor to the right. It's right, not a hard right, and it's not straight ahead. Yeah, but it's not also a forty-five. So you point, and sometimes you can point, and then like swoop up with an arrow this way, and then swoop up around. There's a lot you can do with a finger, Brad. A lot. I know it. All right, so that's enough with that. Moving, we really got to plow through these. Yep. Um, wait, we didn't even. That wasn't even a thing. I missed. I skipped two things here. I really, this is, I've been thinking about this ever since the last episode, though. <clears throat> These weird cutaways of Donnie. Which we also saw in their interaction with the Jesus. I, because once you said, like, they stuck out to you, I just can't stop feeling like they do just jump out at me as, they're just weird. I don't know what you're doing there. It does look weird. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the weird cutaways to Donnie. Oh, okay. Yes. You know, where he's by himself, he's in the center of the front. Um, uh, ish. You know, these stupid things. And they did it with the Jesus. Even though they were on set at the same time, we never saw them on screen. They kept them separate. So... I am contending that this is intentional. The dude and Walter and Donnie, to a lesser degree, live in their own world. They're not a part of the square community. They're the triangles and circles. So their worlds across this line, you do not, you know, their worlds don't really mix. Even though they're bowling right next to each other, they're in the same bowling league. They're just from completely different worlds. Even the Jesus. Like, the dude and Walter live in a totally separate world. And so they're reinforcing that with this odd framing that they're doing. And the only time, 
at least I'm going to say this, the only time where we get a character crossing into their world is Smokey when he comes over. Why? Because he was over the line. He, was, he crossed over the line into their world. And then Walter had the gun pointed at him. And like, yeah, you're entering a world of pain, Smokey. You know, you don't cross over into their world. So they're keeping everyone separate from them. They're reinforcing that with the framing. What do you think? There, that was my little, uh, th- it was like half an hour ago I thought of this. I think you're really onto something there. I think there's something that we could definitely, with some more work, uh, continue to uh, explore and expound upon. And I haven't gone through the rest of the bowling alley scenes in the movie after, you know, thinking about this. So I'm not sure if it'll hold up, but... Yeah. Okay, there's that. Moving on. Uh, oh, that's going to be a toughie. This is barely a revisit. 3959, The Inexplicable Mirror People. So this is going to require you to go back to like 3953. Okay. Don't pay attention to the dude and Walter and Donnie. Don't pay mm-hmm. attention to anything. You're looking on the extreme right side of the frame, basically on the edge of the frame. So as the dude, Donnie, and Walter are walking, there's no one behind them. There's no one walking behind them. Can we agree on that? Well, like 20 feet behind them, you see the sweater vest guy eventually. Yeah. Way way back there, right? Yes. I'm with you so far. So they pass a little alcove where there's a snack machine. Right. Then there's a wall with like a little people can tack, you know, notices up like used bowling ball bag for sale, contact, you know, Schmitten and rip off the piece of paper. We go a little farther and then there's like a trophy case with plexiglass on it. So we're into the visual reflective surfaces portion in addition to the revisit portion. Okay. At, as we pass this plexiglass trophy case, we are seeing reflections of people that are that can't be any more than like 18 inches from the surface of that plexi because there's you can see several people that are reflected like right there against that. My question to you, sir, is who are those people? And where are they physically standing? And now this is tricky. I swear I watched this 30 times looking at this. You got... I don't know. I mean, I really want to say... Yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense. I... My only... Maybe... So maybe if you... If you park it, can you park your time on 3957? I can try. 37 and a half, probably. Although, now that I'm on, not 37, 57, 57 and a half, I swear that I can see the reflection of uh, sweater vest guy that we saw in the opening montage. Yeah. The guy who we established was like 20 feet behind them. Right. Well, right before him, 
There's a guy, it looks like kind of like a purple shirt. Who's right there, though. I mean, he is right on top of that plexi. Well, and the way he's looking, it would be someone... I'm trying to figure this out. He would be facing the plexiglass. Okay, I think I just saw... Oh, I saw him. I think I just saw the dude holding a, a boom. Mm. No, if you go back, there's a guy behind Walter. You can't really see him. He has a purple, oh, an orange shirt on. His head every once in a while, like at 40 colon 01, pokes up above his shoulder. That's the guy we're seeing. That's the guy we're seeing at first. I think there might be several people we see. Definitely see him. That's the guy I was saying. There was a guy with an orange shirt. He's there. I mean, granted, he seems like he's pretty far behind him. What I don't Wait, know is are what... You, are you talking about the guy in the orange shirt with the blue sweater vest on? No. Brad, you're, you're crazy. You didn't go back far enough. This is one shot. You can see these three people. Walter and Donnie come slamming up from the lanes, and we follow them down the... The, yeah. This hallway. No, and like at thirty nine fifty five, there's no one there. There's not. You get a clear shot. There's no one there. Someone comes in from a side at some point. Right, but that's way after the. We're seeing the reflection in the mirror. I'm gonna say. See now, there's a guy there. There's a guy there, and there was no one there, and then there's a guy there. So at some point, either from I the under, right or I, left, see, someone steps. I see what you're talking about. There is a guy there, and that is probably the guy in the reflection. Meanwhile, where did he come from? He just magically appears. Well, he came in from the right or left, but you couldn't see him. I mean, you, you, through the whole thing, you can't barely see him because... Do you know what's happening here? The, the trail this, like blocks him out. What is and happening And this is here? what I was getting at. 3958. Or 59, the the panel, Hello? the plexiglass panel that is farthest away from us is rotated in on itself. Look at the plexiglass panels. I'm at 3958. 3958, 3959, sort of mm -hmm. a second or two there. So you see the trophy case with the plexiglass panels? You, you see the panel that's farthest away from us it is rotated in so what's happening there is these mystery people that we're seeing this is like a staging area in there so they probably rotated this in so we wouldn't get some other even more incriminating reflection and rotated it in but we can just really quickly see it's like a green room it's a green room with people staged back there, and Mr. Orange Shirt Man that comes walking out, we can see his reflection because he's back in that room That's they're playing off as a trophy case. So you're saying this guy, it's not a reflection, he's actually in there? I think he's actually, it's a reflection, but it's a reflection of him being in there because this window is pushed in. It's rotated not 90 degrees, but maybe 70 degrees in. What does that mean, rotated 70 okay. Well, it's like, uh, you know, it's windows that swing out. They don't go up, down, they swing out. Right. This is what these plexi panels are, and they have the last one swung 
in. It didn't swing out into the bowling alley. It swung back in towards the interior of the trophy case. Which I'm saying it's probably not a trophy case. It's a little room <coughs> where he, with this extra is on deck. And it's like, okay, go. And then he comes walking around. I don't think so. It just doesn't... It doesn't. The timing just doesn't jibe. I don't see how you can get from there. That's pretty quick. Well, then who is that person oh, then? I'm trying right. to help you out. You're 100% right. I saw him come in. I just saw him. I saw him. He comes. No. No, it's you're wrong. too quick. It's too quick. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. It's not timed right. He comes. I see him now. He comes out of there, out of the restroom area. Yeah, before we see that guy. And he is still close to the wall because he's coming out right at that time, and that's why we see him there. Well, and again, I'm parked on 3957, and I can see the guy who I was trying to give you credit and say was Orange Man following Walter, the guy who I was claiming was in the reflection. But you're absolutely right. Orange Man is there, but what's weird is Orange Man is holding... He's holding a giant orange looking stick now why would a boom if he's a sound guy and has a boom why would that be orange well he's not a sound guy well then what's this guy doing it's a, it's pool, a pool cue, cue. the pool cue of course it is he's an he's an extra but they they All filled right. that room over there with people shooting pool even though Oh, we do very, very, very briefly see it. Do you have any idea how briefly we see that? Is it possible that they didn't shut this bowling alley down to shoot this movie? We, we, we get like maybe half a second look into that pool table area, and there are people in there shooting pool. Well, I think they shot it down, but they filled it with extras. For half a second that you can barely see, only if you watch it 30 times? That seems yes. a little aggressive. Well, they did a lot of shooting that day, maybe, you know? Like, if you're going to stage something. This has got to so be. Are you, saying, are you saying you see that pool room during their walking? Yes. They're 40... Oh... Three... And four, but it's still reflected. It's somewhere else, Brad. I don't see any pool room. There's like a weird, like little, like it's like a little, like there's little tables. Like you can go in there and eat your yes. bowling alley pizza. But if you look at it, that little place, and I have more to say about this little place where you eat your pizza, <laughs> but this is a very small room. And once they come out of the door and swing around and start walking towards us in this weird, unlit, portion of the film there's a wall like a hard concrete wall at the end of that little eating area it's not a very big eating area and the pool playing area that we were seeing goes way down there so this is i see what's happening it's a reflection i can see the wall as it comes up now so the people we're seeing shooting pool this is all reflecting from the left hand side where only Bowling lanes should be. I'm just so confused by the geography, the interior geography of this bowling establishment. And I don't want to get too bogged down on this because, frankly, there's no answers here. 
It's just not. It's like we can't see people standing around and people shooting pool, and yet there's no... Oh, come on. Skype. ...evidence of this over on the left. Skype. It's all bowling alleys there. The pinkies are back there. I mentioned that while we're at it. The pinkies do make a return here. You can see their team there. It's not just a woman in a pink shirt. It's three of them back there bowling. 4004. 4004. Yeah, 4003, 4004, right in there, over Walter's right shoulder. Oh, yeah, there they are. There they are. So, nice to see them again. And if you notice, as as the dude and Walter and Donnie walk down, they have different garbage cans. There's these solid blue garbage cans, and then these orange garbage cans. And sometimes they'll have one on either side of an entrance down to the bowling area. One time there's one right next to a table, not near an entrance. It's just like, here's your table, and here's a trash can right there. So kind of a strange choice, and maybe that was to influence the color palette to give it a little contrast, and it matches the little uh, googie architecture Sputnik shapes on the back wall, the blue garbage cans. So maybe there is some intentionality going on there with the art direction and the color palette. Because I just can't imagine Hollywood Star Lanes having two different types of garbage cans. Like, right next to each other, you wouldn't need it. It's overkill. Seems like an art-directed choice. Could be. I'm just blasting through it here. The dark. I mentioned the dark spot. So as yes, they, the as dark they spot. come out of the bowling alley, like, they've been well lit, and this is an impressive shot where, you know, they're tracking, they're following them from basically part of the hallway as it were yeah. where they, they come walk up, down the length of the right, bowling the alley. entire length of the bowling alley it's one shot then into the vestibule through the door and then outside right as they get outside their faces are indistinguishable because of the darkness so they're basically completely unlit but then three steps outside they're lit again yes so pretty good but you have to wonder if maybe they worked at that for a while but couldn't just didn't have enough elements I don't know I think it kind of works it gives you that kind of like well transition or something they're doing yeah it's a transition and they're doing this long tracking shot so it kind of gets you in that weird like mode of like going yeah just like you know going from light to dark and it has maybe I want to say that kind of verite feel to it like, oh, there's no light here, you know. And then they step back into the light. The light being, you know, the parking lot is lit, right? And you can yeah. see I have no they kind of step that. into a light at that point. So it's, the light is, as you would say, motivated. Yeah, it's motivated. I have point. no problem with the parking. I mean, obviously there's shadows going different directions on their legs. But, you know, that might happen. You have uh, oh, that definitely would happen. You have all kinds lights. of lights. You have the lights on the side of the building, the Sputniks and the stars. It's fine. No problem with that. Totally cool. But speaking of that, I wonder if there was a sweet spot of the lighting because if you notice, they stop right on the the uh, speed bump, and Donnie straddles the bump. They get there, and it's like, okay, this is your mark. Walk up to the speed bump and stop. Donnie walks one foot over, stops, puts his foot on top, and then steps over the other side. He's straddling the bump. I think that was their mark. Well, 
it would have to be his mark, right? Unless they didn't have marks. Maybe they didn't have Like, marks. by definition, where they're standing was their mark, unless they missed the mark. I'm backtracking here. I'm saying before they even rehearsed it, they're like, you're going to come up to the speed bump and stop. I'm just saying, this is your mark. You don't know that. They could have it taped off right below where we can see, like, you know, yellow and black diagonally striped gaff tape on the stop here. But I don't think so. I think they were just like, okay, use this as your mark. That's their mark because they're standing there, but that doesn't mean the director said, use this. I don't know how it works. You know, sometimes they're just like, okay, stop there, and people memorize it. But I think in this case, they were like, the bump's your mark. As we're looking down there, Brad, let's give a shout-out to the Reverend because look at Walter's feet. I did notice this, but as I was going back through the Reverend's documents, he pointed it out, too. What's Walter wearing? Bowling shoes. He's wearing his bowling shoes outside. I can only assume they're his bowling shoes. These people probably aren't renters. But Donnie's not wearing bowling shoes. Well, this came up earlier, didn't it? Did it? I felt like we had some debate about how he showed up and didn't put on... I don't know if it was him. Mm. We got into this at some point. We need to look that up and it'll be a revisit next time. Mm. Maybe I'm just crazy. Because that happens to me sometimes, too. You get crazy a little bit? I just, like, think of something in my head and then think that it's something that I thought of, like, or something that we talked about months ago when really... It's something that just occurred to me right now. Hmm. All right, I'm writing it down. I'm going to say, uh, did Walter have a bowling shoe incident earlier? And then I'll put a question mark after it. Yeah. So how about Walter's outfit here? I'm looking at the three of them on the speed bump here. I'm glad you mentioned that because... Uh, Walter isn't... Pretty bad shape there. He's from not a wardrobe standpoint. Not looking too great there. Yeah, that's like what I'd expect the dude to be wearing, or to at least look like that level of sloppiness. Well, he was dressed for battle, though. That is true. Yeah, he's still wearing that outfit. I don't recall it. I mean, we can get a good shot of it. Like, yeah, like the pants are just so baggy and cinched around his waist, and well, he had to. He didn't know his if he t-shirt was... is all misshapen he, around his neck. He might have had to shove an Uzi down his pants, so he needed to wear right. some baggy pants. What about? And the Reverend also pointed this out, but look at the sleeve length, and more pointedly, the discrepancy in sleeve length. Between right. his right and left arms. Well, it's just uh, not. Uh, it's just not on his his frame properly. It's very like uneven, like everything else. Just very sloppily. His clothes are just very sloppily about him. He's walking fine though. Not having a problem with that knee, is he? Doing pretty good. I mean, when he was in the tracking shot, there was a little bit of limping. Mm. All right. Okay. There's a little bit. His gait is, I'm going to say, and maybe I'm just overanalyzing it. I'm going to say, when, as he's, when they're out in the parking lot looking at his leg, his gait is a little off. Very subtly. Mm. Maybe very subtly, but 
But I mean, that's the genius of John Goodman, though, right? The subtlety. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. All right. Shock pain. That's fine. And when he first starts in the beginning of this shot, when he comes going after the dude, 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 he is limping. And he is trying to move a little faster, and he is limping. Now, how, how do you want to... I'm cool with that. I don't care. I'm done with the limping business, because I don't feel like... That's something they didn't care about, I don't think. It's, he's just like, that was in the past. It never happened. And maybe there's some, I don't know, some limping vagaries here, but I don't know. Do you want to do this chronologically? Because I got some, I got some visual stuff here I could talk about. Or do we want to, how do you want to do this? The visual stuff is chronological? N- no, I'd have to skip to the end of the minute. Does it matter? Well, at this point, I don't think anything matters. <laughs> so go for it. Forty fifty one. There is a natural lens flare. Forty fifty one. So it's as the dude is walking, and the camera pans to the right to follow him on his journey home. Oh yeah. And it there just it was. just for like a frame or two, like boop. Yeah, right on the right side of the screen is this weird little like yeah, yeah. Which comes from. Okay, it's my favorite word, motivated by what we're led to believe is a like a street light over by that abandoned building across the way. There's two of them there, but those aren't street lights, you know? There's no way that some, you know, weird-ass little street light that's weirdly against a bit, like on the side of a building blasting over here would cause a lens flare this far away and be illuminating the yard and all of this area here. So those are lights that they had to put there so that there'd be something interesting to look at in the background. It wouldn't just be the dude walking in into through darkness. Right. <laughs> right. It wouldn't just be like the dude and like this bowling alley exist in a void. A black hemisphere of nothingness. And there's also, if you look at the sidewalk the dude is walking towards, there's a giant-ass light hidden around the corner of the building to our left. Like, just blasting light down the sidewalk. Yeah. Which is also casting some light across the street on this weird uh, concrete wall. You can see it's it's just flooding light across the street, illuminating the, the uh, gutter and the like sidewalk thing in this weird concrete structure and the pieces of chain link fence. Another like huh, shot that took some time to set up. This is what depresses me. I get depressed when I think about how much work it takes and then I don't want to do it. This is an expensive shot and it's kind of moving around. You know, it's on a little jib that they're kind of sort of moving. It's not rock steady. Like it pans, but it's also sort of floating. It's got this little floating effect to it. I can only assume was intentional. And then the last thing visually, I don't know this this weird... So mm, before I do that, so I mentioned the natural flare. As we pan around, this light comes into frame. There's a little blip of a lens flare, a natural flare, if you will. But there's also an unnatural flare. And it's right at forty fifty nine, huh? So forty fifty nine, and it's not—it's not like a isolated blip. 
it kind of happens in the middle of the frame and it's sort of a soft completely vertical flare that sort of yeah. shows up and then moves to the left now i'm wondering the camera's not moving around it's related to the dude somehow is it or is it related to the mysterious bicyclist who's about to enter the frame from the right and maybe they have a mirror on their bicycle that hits one of these crazy mm. lights they have up. Do you see this mysterious cyclist? I see the cyclist. The temporary yeah. cyclist. Maybe there's a little mirror there that reflects it back into us. Because I, I saw, thought Could the same be. thing you did. I'm like, it must be the dude because he's walking. But maybe they put something reflective on his phone or his sunglasses are on. Or it's just some effect of how... Because again, there's that bright light and... You know, the dude, let's say, is a... You know, you're narrowing that band, right? Like, the dude is is is, is dark. He's... Right, you're, you're almost like... And the wall like is dark, and then you're, like, closing Channeling the light through that small space as he yeah, passes it, the corner. And it just does some weird optical thing, somehow. Maybe. I, I don't know which one it would be, honestly. I can't tell you, but I see, I figured, you know, I think your channeling light theory is pretty good, but I figured if the dude was going to reflect light back into the lens so aggressively, so much so that we had a flare, like it would have happened when he was swinging the phone, which does appear to be pretty shiny when he's swinging that all around and shoving it over his shoulder that we would have had something happen there. But maybe you're right. It's like, Closing the distance here, and it's just that light is so bright, and there's nothing there to reflect it, that even if you're not a purely reflective surface, and which the dude is most certainly not, possibly the least reflective in all of Los Angeles County, even so it would redirect it back into the lens enough that we'd get that flare. That could be. I'm on board with that. Okay. Sold. Audio note. Ready? Ready. Go. Audio. I'm sorry. It, it'll be over soon. <laughs> uh, uh, audio note. <laughs> 4008. They, they, Mr. Foley man, right as they transition from the inside to the outside, there's a step and a scrape step and a scrape and i think that's a little audio smoother to help us transition outside especially since they're going to be in complete darkness that helps uh you know smooth that for the viewer step and a scrape step and a scrape and they come popping right out boom just during my audio experiment i want to point out the doors are wide open, propped open, even. Because they didn't want to have to deal with reflections when they opened the door and seeing the entire film crew following them. Or preceding them. Yeah. You know, Well, plus, how would you even do it? You couldn't, like, back out uh, of the door, right? You might be able to cheat it and, you know, Walter puts his hand out and you could pretend like you were right there and then see them close. Maybe. But this was better, you know? Yeah. No, they're just open. And in L.A., that's the how they roll. Right. 
even if it is mid to late September, it's still warm. Average temperature in LA in mid to late September, I wonder. Like, doesn't LA have a pretty consistent climate? It's pretty temperate. Pretty temperate. Never rains. And it's pretty temperate. Another audio note, getting past the foot scrape. A 4027. So they're coming out, and uh, they're about to realize that the dude's car has been stolen. Just before Walter says, hey dude, the phone starts ringing again, which escalates the tension. Right. Like, uh-oh. Yeah. Because it had stopped ringing. the phone knows. The phone knows, you know, and we didn't even notice that it stopped ringing. You know, it just kind of stopped. And then right at this moment where they're walking out, it's tracking shot, there's lots of movement, lots of life, and then they stop. Hey, dude. <laughs> Beautiful. I remember this from the first time watching it. Like, the phone starts ringing again. Phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. And then at 40.50, the dude starts walking away. Phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. Where are you going, dude? I guess I had that backwards. Where are you going, dude? I'm going home, Donnie. The dude's walking away. His audio fades. The uh, the sound of Donnie fades. And I even think, I need to confirm this, but that the ambience, like the sound of traffic and wind, the general ambience fades. But the music, the music stays rock solid. Like it, it is still there, and if anything gets slightly louder. Well, again, the music, if the music is supposed to be from the bowling alley, it wouldn't get quieter as the dude moved away. So that makes sense, and that's consistent with what we've seen them yeah, do. Yeah, it does. It does. Wanted to point it out. Dude is wearing his jellies again. Oh, those jellies are so disgusting. He wrote here, why was it parked in a handicap zone? Oh, I wrote that? I think, I don't know. Didn't you? Probably. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the, so, why did, why was it parked in a handicap zone? I mean, I think that's just a question. It's probably the only spot left. He figured, I mean, they're regulars, so they get to park there. Nobody's going to care. And I guess it doesn't necessarily matter because it wasn't towed. Yeah, they didn't get a ticket. It got stolen instead. Right. But, uh, I mean, if you have a million dollars in the car... This is right? my concern, dude. Yeah. If you have a million dollars in your car, it's like, yeah, leave it in there. The dude's all worked up about mishandling the drop. What about leaving a million dollars in your car? Well, in some way, that might be the safest place for it, because you, you don't want to take it home. They know where you live. You at least have it with you in the bowling alley. Don't, you're compounding the problem now. Yeah. It's hard to know, though. I would imagine, especially like in that situation, being panicked. Like, okay, do I take it with me? But then I like, you know, risk like forgetting it behind or someone else is going to see it and want to know what it is versus Who's gonna keeping steal the my car. car. My then... car has never been stolen. Yeah. But then you wouldn't park in the handicap. Right. But again, these this is, you know, again, the dude and Walter live in a different world. So, 
check this out, man. Yeah, they live in a different world. What world is that, though? What kind of world, Brad, what kind of world has a bowling alley with its connected parking lot that is 1.4 miles away? So they shot the reverse shot where we turn around, the camera t turns around the other direction, and we see the parking lot with the handicapped space that's empty where the dude's car is supposed to be. They shot that 1.4 miles away. Did you know that? I can tell you how I figured this out, if you would care to know. You probably already know. I don't know, and I'm confused about what you're talking about. Okay. This is... Oh, the reverse 40, shot. 4037. Gotcha, gotcha now. They walk yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what they're looking at. In essence, it's the shot of the handicap space, the empty handicap space. You can see Ben Hur auto repair. Yes. Yep. I did I did notice Ben Hur auto repair as well as John's. Right, so Ben Hur Auto Repair is sixty three seventy five Santa Monica Boulevard. Hollywood Star Lanes, where they shot this scene is 5227 Santa Monica Boulevard. So if you Google map this and get directions from 6375 Santa Monica to 5227 Santa Monica, one and a half miles away. Same road, same side of the street, but a mile and a half away. Well, It's just one of those things you do. You don't, the bowling alley's parking lot didn't look dingy and like, shady enough for his car to get stolen you know it looked like nice this actually looks like a crappy neighborhood and looks more like a parking lot or something this parking lot's no good this doesn't look like a parking lot or maybe hollywood star lanes didn't have a parking lot so they went a mile and a half down the road second unit second unit brad yep and again yeah i'd imagine there are that bowling alley it might just have like a giant parking lot that's not what they yeah. wanted which this wouldn't be right nope so i thought that was funny that i could you know you could actually like determine where these two locations are because we know the bowling alley well documented this is hollywood star lanes and then we have two giant billboards indicating that the parking lot is by ben-hur auto repair which you can look up one of those things Saw gravity. Are we in that section now? We're not in that section yet. Oh, goodness. Let's finish up. Hard not to talk about it. It is hard. I don't know. I feel like we can't talk about it too much, gravity. Well. We'll see. We... I'd like to keep it spoiler-free. Is that too much to ask? I Generally, I'm with you, but on the other hand, it's like, if you haven't seen Gravity yet, you're kind of an asshole, so you kind of deserve it. Yeah, true. True that. Well, I feel like, well, before we get to Gravity, All right. there's a little bit more about this. Okay. I'm into it. Which is the, uh, bow, like the, bow. the acting here. <laughs> okay. What about it? There's always been something about Walter's reaction here that just always I don't know what I think I feel like it just rubs me the wrong way where where he's like take white like like this is a big situation and he should be able to handle it better 
It's not a no, situation. No, 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 no. I have no problem with the idea of what happens there. I just think it maybe the issue is with the acting. Maybe it's just over. Elaborate. It's it's over. Um, it's like a caricature. It's too uh, overwrought. Where he gets breathy on my fucking whites. That's and then the whole thing, then like he clears his throat. Oh. And it's the whole thing, even the dudes. But I think it's only up to that point. Well, mm. you fucking know it's been stolen. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I just feel like, well, one, I think it brings up... It is interesting to think about the character of Walter and his reaction here. What? I do think it's like something... Walter does something here that we don't see him do anywhere else. He becomes vulnerable for a second? Like so. Well, we see him become vulnerable other times, but not like this. Like, he's taken... Surprised by an event that happens. Yeah. So you... I feel like in this scene they were going they were going for something. Like there was okay the through you know, this this idea I can see in my pictures of three guys, you're walking and then all of a sudden there's the thing that like surprises you. What the like that's a it's like a thing that you it's a it's a template that I've seen used many times. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I feel like they were going for that here. But it somehow failed. I, see, I don't know if it failed. This is my take on that. I think that they, in the, the you know the previous minute or two, you know, just post failed handoff. There was no handoff, and Walter's playing it so cool. Like, what? What's the problem? No big deal. Meanwhile. Everything he's rolling out of cars, Uzis are going off, they're throwing undies, men on motorcycles taking off without taking the million dollars. They got no information, they're gonna kill that poor woman. Like, everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. And he's like, What's the problem? You're expecting, you know, some, some anger, some like. Oh, that's bullshit. We're going to go and get them. We're going to... No, but he's just like, what? No big deal. So I think that... I know the template you're talking about, and I think they're using some of the visual cues for that, but I don't think... That may just be another trick, is what I'm saying. What I think they're actually doing is playing with our expectations, thinking that there's going to be some anger and belligerence but the gut punch for Walter doesn't happen until all of his bravado comes crashing down around him because we still have the million dollars and everything's fine. All of a sudden, this is actually the first kink in his plan here. The car's gone. So I think that's what they were playing with and not the, the template that I know, you're, I know you're talking about. And I yeah. know this. I just... And Walter, I'll point out, still tries to keep it positive in the sense that, well, it was parked in a handicapped zone. Perhaps they, Perhaps towed, they it. towed it. Which, I will say, the first time seeing this, and even many subsequent times, even watching it now, like my first reaction is like, well, that's the explanation of what happened. Like, they're showing this shot. that You know, even while he's saying that they're showing this shot with a giant handicap signal, it's like, this is what happened to the car. Let's hope. 
You know, like, I'm just like, well, this is where the plot is going. It never occurs to me. Like, it's a weird thing that I can always have to, like, retroactively think about that piece of dialogue. I can't just process it linearly like I can (laughs) in almost all other Even though he says you know it's been stolen? Well, he says that afterwards. And then I'm like, well, which one is right? Who knows it's right? Well, check. What about? Then he says, "Well, that's certainly a possibility." And then it's like, "Okay, well, the do the Walters just kind of." It's not till the cops show up. You're playing. like, "Ah, oh, damn! It really was stolen. Shit, man! What's the dude gonna do now?" When they show the reverse shot of the handicapped spot, this is a filthy parking lot. There are oil and grease stains all over here. Check it out. The Handicap yeah. painting is like pristine. No oil on that shit. They just went out there and painted that on there. I don't see that at all. Oh, oil. look at that. It's heavily oil stained, that parking spot. I see that those stains like overlapping onto the sign and everything. That's some pretty bright white paint. Look at the lines. Like yeah, the actual, maybe like, you're right. Lines. I was looking at the blue, not necessarily the white. Yeah, the blue's a little trickier. And I see what you mean with the blue, actually. I'm just looking at the white. Like, the white would be dull, be grayer. Yeah. One of the concrete abutments at the end of the spot is broken. You know, like, this is a weather-beaten right. parking lot. But that's semi fresh I think they did weather the handicap painting a little bit, but probably not as much as they should have. So one thing, like, so when the dude goes to walk away then, like, there's an archway. Right. It's like they're in a, in a, like a round, like a covered roundabout, like you would drive up to a hotel. Right. Like, that's, I mean, it's, I don't think it goes over the whole, but it, like, onto the right side, like, uh, like, past the doorway Toward the road is where that exists, I think. Like, they're not standing yeah. under that. And that, I'm just, I guess I'm thinking that might explain some of the issues with the lighting and how they go into darkness. Well, wait a second. They must be standing under it, though. Because when he walks away, he's under it. No, you he's... can't see what's up there. He has to walk. Well, he has to walk One, two, three, four, five, and then about five steps until the camera is in such a way you can tell what's up there. Well, I mean, he's walking underneath it as he walks to the sidewalk. Yes. But, yeah, it's not over them when they're standing there looking at the car. Right. I mean, I guess there's no way to know, but I don't think so. I don't think so either. But when they come through the door, they're kind of underneath that. That's true. That's true. So that's, that's another reason why the lighting might have been that way. Yeah. They walked into the darkness. Sure. I'm into it. I'm down. Okay. 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 So, listener, we are you do we are we gonna there's uh, do we have any more listener input? Well, that depends. maybe we should leave listener input to the beginning when there's actually a chance someone might still actually be paying attention. <laughs> well, we yeah, probably that's probably a good idea. We have listener input of various sorts. I just. I don't know what to talk about. What it does? It's a Facebook comment count as listener input. Sure, any sure. We'll hit that up. And I think we'll we'll try to start with that next time. We'll start with that next time. Uh, we're not going to talk we're, about gravity, are we? 
We're running pretty long. We can we can do long. so. We can do a little gravity talk. Is that the only thing we have left? Do we have to go back to the doing bow bow? Well, I'm gonna transition into that, starting with gravity. All right. So, so this is the gravity spoiler talk. Yes. All right. So if you haven't seen Gravity, you can just turn it off the podcast. Now it's you know and listen to the next episode. Like everybody says, it's a mild spoiler alert. I mean, it, it's not anything that you you didn't already know if you saw the very first trailer that they ever put out for Gravity. Well, I wouldn't consider that a spoiler then. Okay. Well, then it's not a spoiler. Too anyway, late. They already tuned out. Right. Goodbye. Glad we got rid of those fucks. So, I saw Gravity. Um, saw it in 3D, but not IMAX, unfortunately. It's very bummed. I waited too long. So, damn that movie, Brad. First of all, wow. Awesome shit. It's a good film. So, one of the... and again, So, I'm not even talking about the movie now. Let's pretend I'm talking about the trailer I first saw for Gravity, where Sandra Bullock's on this arm... And then right. all of this debris slams into the space shuttle, and she goes flinging off into the blackness of space on this arm. Has to disconnect herself, and then is floating free, like spinning out into the nether regions. Horrible. But this debris, but maybe this is a minor spoiler, but this debris happened because a satellite crashed into another satellite, which caused a chain reaction and a giant debris field that then becomes wider and wider and takes out more satellites and just becomes this catastrophic that domino effect that creates just a catastrophe in the atmosphere of hurtling debris. And this is yes. a very real thing. That debris traveling, what, 20,000... Now, I can't remember if it was kilometers per hour or miles per hour. Well, yeah, yeah. But either way. Well, either way, but the thing is, you're also going like 19,300 miles per hour. So, relatively speaking, the debris's only going 700 miles per hour or whatever. That still sucks bad, you know? Because the satellite runs into the other satellite, it gets a little extra oomph. But it's not like you're standing still and the shit's going past you at 20,000 kilometers per hour. You have some momentum. You know, you're traveling at a speed relative to that debris. Anyway, they, they said it was like a gunshot. It was like the speed of a bullet, basically. But giant pieces of metal and plastic and glass and whatever, plexi, whatever shit they use. I watched a rocket fly up into space tonight, Brad, with my eyes, like with my actual eyes looking up into the sky. Really? I always wondered about this. You don't go down to Cape Canaveral every time you want to launch another Google satellite. I'm like, where do they launch these things from? So apparently, in the United States at least, there are, I think, eight launch sites that are FAA approved where private industry can launch shit up into space. Now one of those 
is on the eastern shore of Maryland, not too far mm. from my house. So you can watch it online, watch the countdown, and then see it go blast and like take off up out of the screen as they try to follow it, wait about six seconds, look towards the northeast, and then I saw this thing flying up in the space. That was awesome. So, that is really cool. So where you were, like, did it just kind of look like a light, kind of like a star? It was a little brighter than that and oranger and had a little bit of flicker to it. And it was, instead of being round, it was like oblong-shaped. And my daughter was especially fascinated by it. She was also fascinated by Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I forced her to watch because I figured it was time. It's one of the classics. She was on the edge of her seat watching it. Like, from what I could tell, she loved it. So we finish it, and we're in the kitchen or whatever, and she's like, Whew. Like, what? Did you like it? Like, no. Oh, wait, really? I mean, you sat there, like, fixated at the screen, like, on the edge of your seat. It made me very nervous. I don't like when I think people are going to get in trouble. What does that mean? It just made me too nervous. Just very nervous. I could understand that. That feeling, especially being younger. It's like... You're defying your parents and, like, all the shit's going to hit the fan or something. <laughs> so here's a very bizarre way I'm relating that to my own <laughs> feelings right now. But, like, <laughs> when I was much younger, right, like, very young, like, early elementary school. Like, 42. School, I remember. So there was, um, and and the funny thing is now... I've been watching this. I think I mentioned now it that you're a long time ago. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, you have talked about this. God help yes. us. Yeah. Well, so here's something I did not mention before. Like, when I was a kid, when that show was first on, I went through a phase where I could not watch it. At least it's Be new Spider-Man and his amazing friends bullshit that you're spinning. Okay, you couldn't watch it. Yeah. Why? Because it made me too nervous. <laughs> I couldn't take it because pardon me, I'm they're a really supposed big... to have a secret identity. Uh, I'm a really big nerd. I've never watched it. You're gonna have to help me. Well, you know, it's just a kid show, Adventures of Spider Man, and he has two other superhero friends he hangs out with. <laughs> who who are they? Um, Iceman and Firestar. Okay, I was gonna say Ant Man and. Sentiman or something, no. but okay. Iceman, who is actually a superhero from the Marvel Universe, he is a one of the original X-Men. Is that like Samuel L. Jackson from The Incredibles? Kind of. Very much the same kind of power, yes. Okay. Yes. Seems like a pretty disruptive power, especially for, like, public works departments. But Well, it eventually all just melts. Yeah, after you ruin a park and... You know, well, you flood basements of buildings downtown with, yeah. you know, 800,000 tons of ice. Whatever. Back to your nervousness. I'm really interested in that. So I would simply get nervous. <laughs> because <laughs> that's it. No. 
Because they're supposed to have these secret identities. So they'd always be like, oh, I'm going to duck around the corner and turn into my super, you know, put on my Spider-Man mask. You were, or, now, you know, were you afraid they were going to get caught or they were doing something wrong? And I you... was afraid they were going to get caught and their secret identity would be ruined. Well, were you nervous watching Superman? I don't think I watched that. Well, like, so like Super Friends never showed them in like their civilian form. Oh, really? You know, they were just hanging around the Hall of Justice in their costumes all the time. It was never an issue. And this show definitely made a big point about, like, well, no, I'm Peter Parker. Like, I'm going through life doing my thing. Like, oh, I'm going to the dance with Mary Jane. And it's like, oh, shit, my spider sense. Let me go, like, run into the bathroom and change into Spider-Man. You know, there's always the... Th- and I think they probably did make a point of, like, you know... Right at the last minute, like, Spider-Man goes out the window just as Mary Jane, like, opens the door. Like, Peter, are you in here? Hmm, what happened? And I don't know, for whatever reason. But I know I got over it at some point because I definitely loved that show as a kid also and watched it a lot. I do remember, though, a period, there was an adjustment period where I got, I remember, like, first watching the show and being, like, I, that show was really awesome. Like, that was so cool. To my like first grade self, hmm. but I was like, I remember even making the decision like I'm not gonna watch this show anymore because <laughs> it stresses me out too much. So and I'd even like try to start watching it, and like several minutes in, I'd just like run out of the room. I'm like, I'm not watching that anymore. Can't can't take it. <laughs> but then eventually, I got over it, and they had you know they did episodes with the X Men. What I have to say. I watched this again. So my kids put this on on Netflix sometimes because it's on there, and it's so like seventies. It's crazy, even though it was from like the early eighties. It's still all like disco soundtrack. You don't everything. direct them towards there at all. Like leave the screen on that and walk out of the room. You don't do any of that kind of shit. No, no, they just find it because they, they watch. It. Okay. They really like superhero stuff, and they watch all the. There's all the different like the like Spider-Man shows from the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, 2000. Like they're all on there. Like all these different incarnations of Saturday Morning Spider-Man. They watch all of them. But uh, yeah, there was watching an episode the other day that I don't really remember. But they've done some with the X. This was one of the one with the X-Men. It actually, had Wolverine in it. It was just very weird. It was a very weird take on the whole thing on Wolverine and his voice. It was very like. Hmm. Very non Hugh Jackman y. Very non Wolverine. It was just like, let me give it a try, Spider Man. <laughs> like, you know, in this class, I was just like, okay, yeah. But it was just, it was, was humorous. Space to me. Ghost? It was kind of like Space Ghost. Imagine Space Ghost, but drawn like what's Wolverine. <laughs> like, the visual is Wolverine, but oh, the. Man. The, the 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 animation, the voice, and the the character is Space Ghost. <laughs> yes. I guess, you know, it's the um this nervousness, this anxiety of getting caught. That's just the sort of the juvenile or cartoony version of we'll bring it back around now, of the scene in Fargo where you know, what's-his-name leans over and shoots the cop in the head, and then there's a dead cop in the middle of the road, and they're out in the middle of nowhere at night in wind-snow-swept North Dakota, 
long straight road, darkness as far as the eye can see, but now you have a dead cop with blood like leaking out all over the road. And you never know when a car is going to come down the road and you got to like drag this cop body out into the snow before a car comes down. And then it's like, start dragging and then you see poof, headlights. Are you going to get caught right. now? There's a car. Right. It's the innocent version of that. So it's just building this tension. So do you think they did it, at least with Super Friends, do you think they did it intentionally? Like, that was an intentional thing to like, build this sort of like, stress inside the young viewer? So you mean with Spider-Man? Whichever one is the one where, okay, Spider-Man, right? Yeah, see, oh, Super, Super Friends, Friends the thing is that Super Friends gotcha, intentionally gotcha. never showed avoid that. that. Spider-Man. Did they focus Spider-Man. group it and they're like, yeah, this makes the kids too nervous. Right. And then they stop watching because they're freaked out. Scared they're going to get caught. But do, but do you think that with uh, Spider-Man they were trying to like, I don't know, ratchet it up a notch or something? I think that was part of the, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it was part of the whole fabric of the show was like this whole secret identity type of a thing. Which is nothing new, because that's all Superman is. But somehow there's no fear that Superman's ever going to get caught. Like, he just does it right in the, what, he goes in a phone booth, seriously? There's never any, they they don't play that up at all. You're saying as... You're saying they, Spider-Man played it up a bit. Yeah, played it up. And, it, and you know, again, Spider-Man isn't Superman. Like, Superman is more or less just invulnerable, immortal. Like, nothing really bad could happen to him. It's a courtesy to everyone around him that he goes into the phone booth yeah. to change. Well, and as they mentioned in Kill Bill Part 2, Superman is really Superman. Clark Kent is his disguise. Whereas right. Batman and most other figures, they really are that person and... You know, the superhero thing is the disguise. So it is kind of different with with Superman. But but yeah, well like Spider-Man, it's more like, oh yeah, like if he the secret identity gets found out, then it's just bad news. Right. If Superman's secret identity of nerd ass Clark Kent gets found out, it's like, okay, I'll punch you now. <laughs> Big deal. Oh no. You know I'm Clark Kent. Big fucking deal. Well, I always thought that was a really big part of Spider-Man's mythos was the secret identity. Like, they really took that. Well, Batman too, right? Although, Batman's in sort of a similar position to Superman because he also enjoys a position yeah. of power due to his extreme wealth. Right. And Peter but Parker's also, just the, a dude. Yeah, exactly. He's very vulnerable. Right. Otherwise, I think, right? And I think that's part of the whole deal. Um, he doesn't have little lassos that he can shoot out of his wrists. He's very vulnerable. Yeah. Or, or, and, you know, the fact, the whole idea that... Yeah, and the whole idea that the people around him would be in danger and everything else is very much of it. And Peter Parker's adventures... Like, not Spider-Man, Peter Parker. I think Spider-Man put more emphasis on Peter Parker and his life in a way. In a way different than like they didn't really do with Bruce Wayne, especially like originally. Because hmm. Mary Jane was always there. Yeah, it was always like, is he going to like, you know, 
here's this problem Peter's having at school. And on top of it, he has to deal with this supervillain thing. And, you know, then he gets in trouble at school because, oh, your homework's not done. But I was, like, saving the world, but no one knows. You know, there was always had that extra kind of thing to it. He, he had buddies who died face down in the muck so that that teacher could administer that homework. Exactly. Just saying. And that was kind of what the whole Marvel in the 60s was about in a way, like adding this extra element to the whole thing, which made them popular. I, anyway. I wouldn't know. I wasn't around in the 60s, man. So I will have to lean on you to provide me that intel. I'm glad you're All here. All right, I think we might be ready to cut this off. <laughs> I'm proud of our progress. I actually got through more of these than I thought we would, so that we hammered good. through it. We really did. We put the screw. Now, I didn't get to talk about most of my bullshit stories, but there's there'll be another another day. I want to talk about microwaves. I want to talk about Legolas. I want to talk about games I play on the highways. All right. Well, that's next time. There's a preview. All right. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the preview for next time. Next time on Gutter Balls. <laughs> Learn what games Adam plays on the highway. I I'm also sure you want can't to, wait. I also want to introduce a trivia game such that we can finally give away one of these t-shirts. Yes. And I think we had uh, Gordon was kind enough to submit a uh, trivia quiz that he used at his Lebowski themed birthday party. So we're going to bring that out. But uh, we'll have to do some kind of, like, form you can fill out somewhere. We can't. I know we can't do it on Facebook, but... We can figure it out. We'll figure something out. And uh, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that kind of crap, right? Mm-hmm. We're savvy people. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, my friend. All right. Another epic journey. Uh, did we keep it to 50 minutes? Let me check. Oh, yeah. Nope. We're around two hours, I think. <laughs> Alright. Time to cut this cut this sucker loop and toss it up on the poop deck, man. Boop. Boop. Next time on Gutterball. Green some uh, brown uh, rust coloration. Uh.